This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. I am also doing well. And apparently we have a guest slash new AI co-host. Apparently we do. I, you know, I, I, I guess I'm springing it on you. I feel sprung. <laughs> so today we have joining us is read.ai meeting notes. And this is an app that hops into your Zoom meeting that will transcript your meeting. Oh, hey. <laughs> so well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it'll be any good or not, uh, but uh, hey, we'll see. Well, I guess, I mean, we're going to, we're jumping right into the main topic here then, aren't we? Which was centered around AI and stuff, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. Okay. Great. Well, well tell well, me about this read.ai meeting notes. What is this? Is uh, this a, a part of Zoom or is this an add-on third-party thing or what? It's actually an app of Zoom. So on the, you know, on the right-hand side, there's different mm -hmm. apps that you could add. And there it is. Meeting tools and metrics by read. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I saw it over there and what caught my eye was AI, since we've been very oh, interested in AI lately. Uh, mm -hmm. There's actually some other apps in there that do a similar thing. Uh, but then, uh, you know, friend of the show, Scott Wilsey, has been working with transcripts on uh, the Mac Whisper. Mac Whisper for yep. for the, the other podcast, the uh, Friends with Brews prod podcast. Podcast. Podcast <laughs> sounds like something your proct proctologist would do. <laughs> so I was, you know, I'm always interested in, uh, you know, we do our notes and, uh, you know, I think they could be better if I wanted to take the time to make them be better. I really don't want to take the time. So AI is for the lazy man, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and if any of you, dear listener, uh, are um, Perl programmers and mm -hmm. you have read Programming Perl by Larry Wall, which was like, you know, the definitive, not Perl, the definitive guide, that'd be a different book, but Programming <laughs> Perl uh, by Larry Wall from the 90s, um, you would know that laziness is a virtue. Uh, um, not like, you know, laziness, sloth, etc., but laziness as in not wanting to do extra work for work's sake. Yeah. So yeah, anything that AI can do better than I can, sure. Let's sure. yeah. Why not? Let's make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. So like I said, I'm I'm giving this a try. Uh it, it was a it was slightly intrusive. Um as far as the install goes. The install goes, it taps into your you can tie it into your office, uh your Microsoft account or your Google account. And mm -hmm. It gives itself permissions. And then when I started this meeting, I kicked it out because I didn't want it recording. I didn't want a bunch of dead air before you and I got the talking. So I kicked it out. As soon as you joined, it joined itself back in. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. But I've had this app, you know, as long as we've been podcasting today. All right. Well, as long as we were not, that's great. Well, I've, um, I'll, I, in solidarity, I'll give it a shot with you too. We'll, we'll see what happens in the next Zoom that I have. I'll get my meeting notes as well. Because I have noticed that like for some time now, WebEx meetings has built in, has transcriptions built in. Mm -hmm. And it was funny at the hospital for, you know, which I managed security operations recently, they got a report, um, uh, a spam report uh or a, not a spam report but a, a report of uh, suspected hacking because they saw chat going on and they're like i didn't type these things <laughs> but what it was was poor uh poor dictation recognition you mm -hmm. know so it was like different words like starbucks this that blah 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 and you know that wasn't what it was saying and the person didn't realize what was going on so they thought that someone had attacked had 
compromised their account and then was typing things on their <laughs> WebEx account, which was kind of humorous. Nice. Yeah. I always like I always like attacks that are fake. They're I mean, they're not real, but they're interesting. Yeah, I prefer to have false alarms and fake than uh, than real attacks because I've been yeah. dealing with this week too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, so, so Scott may not want to listen to us today because he kind of hates Chat GPT. And I've been going out of my, although I did actually use the c word uh, on the latest Friends with Bruce podcast. I've been going out of my way not to, you know, <laughs> show it to him. But he's been coming back to me, showing me, uh, you know, different uh, things from the Mac GPT app that he's been using. So he's still using it, but I think he's just using it to make fun of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do. I do. Well, so I'm reading a book right now um shoot i forget the it's like uh castle by the sea or uh sea castle by andrew main and it's brand new um and one of the things that he is talking about in ai he's talking about um an underwater um the underwater uvas the underwater vehicles for uh shipwrecks and what have you you know, so you're talking about this unmanned uh, device that being able to send it to the water, it's programmed with AI. And he's talking about, you know, having the user say, well, go find a gun. This is what you tell the robot, go find a gun, not go to this depth, go because it has programmed in what a gun would be made of, what a gun shape would look like, you know, how it would go. So then it's, and it's also equipped with radar and lidar and different spectrums so it could use all of these tools that it already knows and instead of saying telling it where to go go left go right go down go move your whatever you tell it go find a gun and it knows what a gun is and it knows the methods that it could possibly find it i mean that's a brilliant use of ai yeah, and and here's where we're going. We are we are going to see the consequences. Go kill bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> what the could guys. possibly go wrong? Yeah. You, know? you got the wrong Greek. <laughs> it's I, I, I guarantee that's going to come up, right? It's going to happen at some point. Someone's going to trust that. Oh yeah, this this is fine. We trust the machine. Oops, we just killed innocent civilians. Yeah. <laughs> now that said, humans make mistakes too, yes. right? But mm -hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be received a little differently when it's a computer killing people, making the decisions to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, see also oh. RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully we won't make uh, machines doing things that even have the option of doing that, like driving cars, uh, things like that. Oh, they're making the, they, they, I assure you, they, they are being made right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, that's no joke. That That's happening. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, then even things like, so a friend of mine recently had heart valve replacement and they have mm -hmm. a pacemaker in place. Yep. So you could, you could have a machine in there that, has variables not just keep tick on and off you know all you do is like a blinker you keep it at this pace all the time that mm -hmm. thing will start looking at well if there's variables then i need to do this if this happens i need to do that mm -hmm. well it could accidentally kill somebody just by yep. reading the situation wrong yep read the room oh you read that room wrong <laughs> <laughs> the computer made a mistake yeah, but well, there you go. Why? Because we programmed it to be human. <laughs> so what else is going on? So, you know, so we've got our new Zoom app. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're talking a little bit about, about GPT and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, I don't even remember now. It's been a couple of weeks, right? We were off last week. We were uh, off last week, but we were, we're, we're only two weeks out. So okay, not a bad one. So, so GPT update. I have been using chat GPT uh, for work. Mm -hmm. purposes um i've been using it to help me craft uh, certain programming scripts and sql and queries etc um i've been using it to draft memos and uh, security awareness articles mm -hmm. uh, i've even used it for not necessarily to write but to get clarification on, on what certain terminology meant on things mm -hmm. and i'm essentially using it as an alternative to search engines. Mm -hmm. 
to that end, I'm also using the new Bing bot, the new chat mode for Bing search Bing engine. Bot. Okay. Yes. I've heard of that. I'm getting, I'm getting very similar results there. Um, I am not yet signed up for Google Bard, but I did ask to be. So I'm wait on the wait list for Google Bard. Um, that reminds me, I should try to get in with some of my uh, other Google accounts to see if they get sure. in faster. Yeah, I bet my corporate account might get in. Yeah. Um, I tried signing in. It's oh, try signing in. if you're with a Google Workspace account, sign out and then sign in with your personal account. So I guess that's not going to work. Never mind. <laughs> Because all my other Google accounts are corporate accounts, so it's not gonna that's not gonna work. So I'm on the wait list for Google's Bard. I did read an article in Wired about how it's different, uh, and you know some of the controls that they're putting on to it to try to, you know, put some guardrails around it. Mm -hmm. So um, as opposed to Chat GPT, which is like, hey, look, this is cool new bling, have fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Google's like, hey, we do kind of have a reputation that we want to consider before we just turn it loose on, you know, the world. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's, it's interesting. And, and, you know, I've, I've played very little with Bing, but um, one of the things when you give it something, it comes back with um, um, like questions or, you know, responses in the forms of uh, a search that you might mm -hmm. use. So it's, you know, it's very search centric. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Like I'm still finding a lot of value out of these things, uh, when it comes to, um, I'm using it. Oh, so I used to be a big user of Hemingwayapp.com, which is mm -hmm. the Hemingway editor. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a paid app or a free website that you can use web service. Uh, and it will basically rewrite or critique. It won't rewrite, but it'll critique your writing. Ah. and help you be more terse and concise okay so if you are the sort of person who succumbs to the propensity of overutilizing flowery and convoluted language mm -hmm. it will help you be more concise okay if you are the ten the type of person who has a tendency to construct run-on sentences spliced with numerous commas, which go on and on, and then you want to continue. And then after that, you add on to it again, and then you would add more to your sentences. It will tell you this sentence is long, mm -hmm. period. Consider stopping at this phrase, period. Add another period here, right? You know, so things like that. Um, but instead, that. for chat GPT, I'll say something like, please write, rewrite this to be more concise. Mm -hmm. Now to joking, the, the joke of this, and I promise it will not go on as long as my Deadlands preacher story <laughs> went. Um, I was joking. My girlfriend wanted to see Creed 3 last uh -huh. week, right before it closes. And I was like, yeah, I'll see that. I said, but I haven't seen Creed 2 yet. And she said, I don't think it really matters that much. You know, I said, you know like she said, I think, I think the movies are pretty much the same. And I was like, guys train, comma, guys fight, question mark. Yeah. And then I jokingly said, hey, ChatGPT, summarize the Rocky and Creed movies for me. It's yeah. like, sure, I can do this. Rocky won. You know, underdog Rocky Balboa gets a, you know, gets a shot at the championship, blah, 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 fights Apollo Creed, blah, 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 blah. Rocky 2, rematch with Apollo Creed, you know, blah, 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 blah. Rocky 3, yeah, yeah, it goes on. Creed 1, Apollo's son fights, blah, 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 Creed 2. And it only goes up to Creed 2 because, you know, ChatGPT's knowledge cuts off at 2021. Mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Can you be more concise? It's like, sure. You know, and it, and it goes down from like a paragraph for each movie to a sentence for each movie. Mm -hmm. and, so, and I just said, please be more concise. And it gets a little shorter and it goes from things like underdog, um, underdog gets a shot at the championship for the first movie to uh -huh. underdog wins championship. <laughs> right. And then finally I asked it, you know, and, and, you know, I got down and it's like, here's the most concise possible abbreviation, you know, and it tells, it's like Rocky and, you know, Apollo Creed's son, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, oh, that's the most, most concise. I said, please be more concise. And it does. It, the final thing that came out was Rocky and Apollo's son fight. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I did give it a little bit of feedback though. I was like, I thought you told me that that previous version was the most concise. Oh, I apologize. You're right. I did say that, but apparently I could do better. 
um, <laughs> you know, which, which I'm finding is, is pretty consistent. Right. I think it's kind of funny though, because talking with it, you know, like we're comparing it to managing, um, you know, mediocre employees who wants to please and want to do a good job, mm-hmm. but they still need some nudging. Yeah. And um, I mentioned this on, um, I think, Friends with Brews, that there are now jobs. And I found one at Beth, I think it's Beth Israel uh, Hospital. There's a hospital here in Burling, in, in Boston, is hiring AI prompt engineers. Mm-hmm. So those jobs exist now. Like someone whose job is to craft prompts for AIs to get work done. Yeah. That could be fun. yeah of course i wouldn't want to be a prompt engineer i'd rather be a prompt manager myself yeah there you go on time (laughs) well so one of the things i had a question for you about so if let's say say i wanted to make a sql query if i wanted to i'm just going to use office 365 or exchange as an example just because that's the easiest query i can think of right now but if i had a sql database and i wanted to get all of the licenses associated with all active users how would i request that sql query and i want to export it to a csv okay so what what version of sql are we talking about here microsoft sql server microsoft sql server okay yeah so well let me sign into well i've got actually i have the handy little chat thing um let's find out let's log in let's do this for real Let's see how it would do it. Okay, I have logged into ChatGPT. I can now try GPT-4, which is the latest version. Yeah. Um, I have an MS SQL Server. Um, what version? Um, but you, but I don't care. Okay, well, I won't even yeah. specify. I have an MS SQL Server. Uh, what are we trying to find? I'd like to know how many licenses are in you. What was it? Yeah, all of the all the all of the users that have licenses, Office licenses. Wait, Office license or SQL Server licenses? Which are we talking about? Office license. So if I were gonna, I was just talking about a generic database with information in it. So you can. Oh, really, okay. So, if, I, so I've got so a you database. Have a database. I thought you were trying to get licensing for the server itself. No, no, no. Oh, so okay. Got... So you have a SQL database. Yeah. So how do I write the query to get the information out of the database that I want? Okay. So, all right. So this it is could be me, anything. This is, your choice. So this Dealer's is me choice. doing the, right. So this is me acting as a prompt engineer, right? Mm-hmm. I am cross, you know, working the prompt. So I have a SQL database containing licensed data. Sure. Any, okay. Anything. Um, I'd like to know all of the users who are, licensed for ms office um can you describe how the data is structured or do you know i don't know yeah i do not know how the data is structured okay so and i always use i use i use manners because Mm -hmm. because um you you've watched the orville right Mm -hmm. and you know what happens when ais become sentient and is treated badly right so i use manners i use please and thank you when i'm Mm -hmm. um please speculate on the table structure and and i'm being a little verbose i i wouldn't have to be this this you know deep Mm -hmm. right um please speculate on the table structure and give me a sql query to display this information. Okay. All right. Okay. GPT-4 is a little slower. They're throttling it. So since I don't know the exact structure of your database, I'll provide a few scenarios with different table structures and corresponding SQL queries. Mm -hmm. You can then adapt the appropriate query based on your actual database schema. Scenario one, single table containing all licensed data. Table licenses. ID integer, username, varchar, software name, varchar, license key, varchar, expiration date, date, SQL query, select username from licenses where software software name equals MS office. Yeah. Okay. Scenario two, separate tables for users, software, and licenses. 
So it defines a user's table, which has uh -huh. an ID and a username, a mm -hmm. software table, which has an ID software name, mm -hmm. and a licenses table, which has an ID, a user ID as a foreign key, mm -hmm. software ID as a foreign key from the software table, mm -hmm. and a license key, and an expiration date. Okay. Equal query. Select u.username from licenses L, join users U on L.userID equals U.ID, join software S on L.softwareID equals S.ID, where S.software name equals MS Office. All right. Now, if you don't mm -hmm. know SQL or you're not following along on this, it's going to be complete gibberish. Yeah. But this looks pretty, you know, like standard SQL and it's speculating, right? I asked it, give me, you know, just what do you think? Right. Uh -huh. And it's coming back with like, well, I don't really know, but maybe it looks like this. And it's well, perfectly reasonable. These are reasonable assumptions. So let's say, well, I, I was going to say, you can't, you can't ask it to read the database and take a look at the tables. And then, I mean, that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But, but you could, you could say, I, you could say, here is my database structure. Yeah. Right. You could say, I have a single database structure with various fields. The only fields that I'm looking for is license and user. The rest of yes. the data is not important. Could you say that? Well, what Something I would say on. is I have a database containing these fields, mm -hmm. license, user. Given this, write a SQL query to do that. Because if you have extra fields, it doesn't matter. Okay. Right? Um, I also, for example, I asked it, like one of my earliest chats... Uh, um, I mean, it was pretty funny, actually. Um, I asked it, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, there's some stuff that's so funny. I don't even want to ask it. Um, <laughs> I asked it, um, for instance, it's, it's opinion on legal and contractual matters. Like to whom does this legislation apply? Mm-hmm. Um, I asked it, oh, translate this Perl code to Python, right? Yeah. Um, I asked it, for instance, uh, you know, I, I was given a bunch of, uh, of Perl and, you know, Perl being like, I, if I have a script, I have this script that I wrote in Perl, but sometimes, you know, like Perl is not a very maintainable language, whereas Python is easier to maintain, you know, over time, it's a little easier to read. So I just said, here, you know, here's some Perl, translate this to Python. And did like, you, you know, do that with like a bat file, converting that to a PowerShell script? PowerShell? Easy. Easy. Why don't you do that right now? Find me that batch file right now. We'll do it on, we'll do it live. <laughs> Find me that batch file. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that batch file. So, yeah. So dear listener, you may have noticed this is a slightly nerdier episode than normal, but yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So now, I haven't actually tested this conversion to Python, but at a glance, it looks good, right? Yeah. But we know it doesn't always generate flawless code. Um, I have definitely, you know, there are a lot of articles there where, you know, it's been giving wrong stuff. Um, and I have definitely been receiving uh, Splunk queries where it did not work. And so, you know, often I find like if it gets pretty darn close on the first shot you're probably in good shape uh but it, it's good at getting like 80 percent of the way to where you're going but that last 20 percent, like i was i was having it help me write a splunk query uh, you know some reports and i was trying to fine tune the output just to tweak the output just a little bit to you know make it more readable and presentable and every time it gave me that it just completely broke the results i would get yeah. nothing so, you know, it can only go so far, but that said, 80% versus zero is still a huge improvement in my humble opinion. Yeah. All right. I've sent you a tiny script. A it's tiny a simple script, script uh, to set the user. Oh, there's a, mis there's a, uh, that's fine. Uh, Maybe it's, what, is there a mistake in it? I think there is a mistake in it. Well, because... why don't we ask ChatGPT to find it and identify the mistake? Yeah, because I can see the mistake right there. So okay. username account where the name equals Sublime Admin, but I just said 
the net user is administrator. So let's see if I can find that. Are there <laughs> any bugs in this code? Question mark. And there's a space. Yes, there is. I can see okay, it. The code. So the code that you provided appears to be a batch script that enables the local administrator account and sets its password as well as disables password expiration for the blank admin account used by the WMIC command. As for potential bugs, it's difficult to say without an additional context. However, uh, I can provide some general some feedback. The password <laughs> that you listed may not be strong enough and could easily be guessed by a brute force attacker. If the script is intended to run on multiple machines, you may want to consider using a random password generator. Uh, be careful when using WMIC to modify user accounts as incorrect usage could result in un unintended consequences. Let me be more specific. You're looking for a syntax error? Well, what I what what is specifically wrong is what I see wrong is one, one there was a space in the user account where name, there was a space in front of the, the uh, apostrophe. And... I'm setting the, I was setting the wrong administrator. I was setting the administrator password for a different account other than the named administrator. And we were going to, we we're going to set the, we we're going to set the password on the account administrator. <laughs> right. So this is where logically it has no way of knowing that. Yeah. Right. Well, so, yeah, so yeah we you're right. Say, though, like if I am trying to, you know, like, so we'd need to define the use case. Like, so mm -hmm. we want this to reset the password on the second account, right? As opposed to the administrator account. Yep. Yeah. That's where the mistake was. The intent is for this script to reset the password on the blank account. Will this work? It will not reset the password. It will only disable password expiration for that account. Uh -huh. but, so what does the first line do? What does the first line do? Yeah, so it may not catch this one. Yeah. Okay, that enables the account. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the yeah. point is, so we- I enabled one account and set the password on another. Right, <laughs> enable the account and reset its password. Oh, that's Does this script do this? The script enables the administrator account, but it sets the password for the administrator account, not the other account. Uh-huh. So it knows. Right. right. So it can see that, right. But, mm -hmm. it, but again, that's not what we asked at first. I was like, you know, are there any problems with it? But logically, it doesn't know that you didn't. It's like, okay, you want to enable this account? Good. Oh, you want to reset the password on that account? Sure, that'll work. But yeah. we didn't say we want to reset, and, you know, we enable and reset the password on the same account. When you say mm -hmm. that, it's like, oh, that's what you're trying to do. No, that's not going to work. Yeah, that won't. Yeah. So, so yeah. All right. So now Here's that we know it. what to do, let's see. It. Let's let's drop it in a PowerShell script. All right. Okay. Please adjust the code to enable and set the password for the same, I'm just gonna say the administrator account. That's fine. For the generic administrator account. Okay, so it's gonna do that, basically just replacing the word here, you know. Yep, so it sets net user administrator, here's a password, slash active equals yes, or colon yes. Net user administrator, new password one, two, three, slash active colon yes. Okay, before we go on, before we proceed, please choose a stronger password. <laughs> it said that? No, I just told it that. Oh, okay. It says, certainly, net user administrator Q caret S close parentheses N4YT gobbledygook. Great. Nice. Great. Give me back the entire script. Okay, here's an example of a modified script. Rem, enable the administrator account and set its password. Net user, blah, active equals yes. WMIC user account where username equals administrator. Set password expires false. Done. Please convert this to PowerShell. 
Here's an example how to convert to PowerShell. Um, so is the first password is the same because it uses the net user command in mm -hmm. the built-in because all DOS commands and Windows commands still work in PowerShell. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the second command, it changes to the get WMI object uh -huh. command, right? Um, but it says, oh, that might not be available in newer versions of PowerShell, in which case you might need to use the get CIM instance commandlet instead. Mm -hmm. And it gives that example too. Well, that's cool. So, yeah. So it's, you know, and this is where I find problems sometimes because I'll be, you know, doing some stuff and it'll say like, oh, that didn't work. You need this command. Oh, well, here's a workaround. But it often breaks down there and doesn't actually do what it, you know, what we're hoping it would do. Mm -hmm. you know? That's still pretty cool because there's some things where I'm not a strong PowerShell script. I mean, I, I'm better with the command prompt scripts, but I still wouldn't say I'm a programmer. I mean, I'm an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. I've never considered myself a programmer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I typically, also, I. I, I steal somebody else's script and modify it to do what I need it to do. Yep. I had fun this morning. My uh, yoga teacher this morning uh, ended a poem, ended her class with a poem that she pulled off of Instagram. And it's called Reassurances to Save for a Rainy Day. <laughs> and it's pretty funny. It's kind of long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, but I think we can put it in the show notes. And then I will put the... Um, the versions that I asked it to do in the style of Jocko Willink and uh, David Goggins. <laughs> and then again, in the style of Miyamoto Musashi. <laughs> so I thought I got a kick out of that. I thought uh -huh. it was pretty cool. I that would it was be funny. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, reassurances one, you know, for one, it's, it's saying things like, it's okay. Things happen. You'll get another chance. Uh, no one's mad at you. No one thinks you're stupid. Honestly, everyone thinks you're hot, you know, the, the, going over to, um, you know, things like even the strongest ask for assistance. If they walked away, they weren't your battle buddy. If they belittled you, they weren't your teammate. <laughs> Moving on to Masashi for things like walk the path of righteousness. Uh, even the mightiest warriors seek assistance. Those who depart were not destined to walk beside you. Those who belittle have not embraced the way. <laughs> <laughs> i get i get a kick out of stuff like that yeah so well cool that was a fun little thing all right so then you you had i mean you had said that you are doing some things where um with chat gpt and it's it's saving you time and work i mean it's actually yes. it's actually being beneficial to you correct how about can you give me some ways that that is happening? Blog posts. Blog posts. Yep. Um, for a, um, I was working on with one client to help them create uh, policies. Mm -hmm. And I said, just give me an outline. Give me a rough outline of like, what should this policy contain? Mm -hmm. boom 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 here's five bullet points i'm like okay great let's start on that um uh, and then i can say reference the nist cybersecurity framework mm -hmm. and you know do such and such with respect to you know whatever and it's like okay according to this cybersecurity framework you should include and i'm like great what does that mean i'm not sure what um certification and accreditation means in this context. And it'll okay. say, oh, well, in this context, certification and accreditation means that, you know, those who are creating this system will certify that they have done such and such and senior leadership will accredit that they have signed off on this, for example. Mm -hmm. So just using it to help, uh, like, you know, sort of like translate things into layman's terms, for mm -hmm. one thing. Um, again, Crafting SQL queries, Splunk queries, PowerShell scripts. Um, one of my colleagues gave me some Visual Basic script that was mm -hmm. just brute force, you know, manual, no looping, no control structures, just like you know, iterative stuff. And if I was like, then, go, I, and I just, I just, yes. yeah, you know, not even if then, it's just like do this, do this, do this, do oh, this. Yeah. And and like the data file was hard coded into the you know thing. So he gave me this like big long blob of code that he had mostly copied and pasted and i just gave it to gpt and i said can you please clean this code up and it did 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I've and I, then I eyeballed it. And I was like, yeah, I think this really would work. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then I said, isn't it best practice to separate the data from the code? I was like, oh yeah, sure. So put all of your, you know, the list of all of the accounts in question into this text file. And then it's like, read this text file and then move on. So, you know, for cleanup stuff like that, mm-hmm. really good. I've also asked it things like, um, a, uh, a user wants to put a device on a, you know, a, a, a protected network. What are the, what are the security ramifications that we should consider? Mm-hmm. And it comes back with some recommendations. And then I say, okay, this is a financial systems network. What considerations should we give it? This mm-hmm. is a manufacturing network. What configure, you know, considerations should we give it? So giving it like specific stuff. And again, I mean, it's at bare minimum junior level capable. Mm-hmm. It is doing as good a job as someone fresh in the industry and sometimes a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, so the way I look at it though, is like, you know, it's essentially, it's giving you an opinion, which is no different than search results, Mm -hmm. right? Unless if you're looking for fact checking, it could be different. But if you're looking at like when I was in, when I was in Costa Rica and my feet started to swell, right? I could go to Google. I could go to Mayo Clinic. I could go to WebMD. I could go to Reddit and I could say, does acetaminophen cause your feet to swell? Mm-hmm. Right. And I could do all that aggregation or I could ask GPT the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially doing the aggregation for me and giving me its opinion. Mm-hmm. Let's be frank. If I ask my doctor, they would be giving me their opinion too. Yeah. Right. You're like, yeah, but that's a trained medical pressure it's a human and humans make mistakes, right? This is the same doctor who immediately said, you know, saw my cholesterol level and discounting everything else he knew about me said, I want to put you on a statin. Right. And, you know, so, so people make mistakes too. So, you know, this is where I tend to give the AI the benefit of the doubt, but I'm taking that into effect, right? It's, and again, I've, I think I've, I don't remember where I've used this example a few other times. It's like when we started, uh, when we were allowed to bring calculators into school for math class, mm-hmm. people would just plug in numbers and just take the answer. And that was it done. Not even give it a thought, right? Two plus two equals 45. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah, fine. That's it's, what the calculator it, said. Calculator said it, right? <laughs> this is the same exact thing. So this is why I think this is cool. I think it's great. Now I am astonished at these, you know, at some of these organizations that are putting complete, utter blind faith into these things. There's like a company, a startup called Conveyor, which is Mm -hmm. using GPT to do your company's compliance questionnaires for you. (laughs) You just answer a few questions and GPT <laughs> will answer all of these things. So you can fill out your compliance questionnaires. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I'm really curious. I'm I'm frankly very curious to see how this, this program works and what it does. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know, man. You know, like. Well, either it's a serious liar or you spend, I could just. Like whenever we do a, a compliance check for our clients and the test runs against them, this garbage comes back of like, well, the certificate of whatever is doing this yes. and you're going to have to update this on your firewall. And then you just turn the port off and then all of a sudden the certificate issue goes away. I mean, those kind of iterations would just, I think, would drive you nuts. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's got super potential. It's got super use, but you can't just, just, you know, give it everything and just trust to the wind. I mean, you can, I don't recommend it. Yeah. 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 No, and it sounds like, uh, you know, at least what I'm hearing is you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of understanding of whatever you're asking it to do, because you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to read it. You're going to have to understand it. Um, 
you are going to have to, um, you're not gonna be able to shut your brain off. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, but well, but you don't have to do people that. out there. Plenty of people out there who don't have it on in the first place, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause for me, when I'm, when I've got to, you know, if I've got to do, you know, all right, we need to do, com we need to do the annual report for compliance. I've got a blank sheet of paper <laughs> where this right. way I could start off with not a blank sheet of paper. Precisely. <laughs> now, now related to this too, right. Is just plain old automation, right? This is, I see this as a form of automation again, of which I am a fan. Uh, for one of my clients, every year they go to a they go through a SOC two audit process, which mm -hmm. is not trivial, right? Mm -hmm. I've got a meeting with them next week because and and like I spent they spent a lot of time generating reports, collecting samples, code snippets, screenshots, etc., to satisfy the auditors. Mm -hmm. They recently found out that Amazon Web Services has click here to generate a SOC two report. Uh, compliance report <laughs> and they said can we use this i'm like i don't know first for me it's a little hard to read right ultimately it's going to be up to the auditors to decide mm -hmm. but if this thing automatically generates auditor satisfactory evidence sure right now i'm not sure i would just trust a pdf file that just says aws says you're compliant mm -hmm. right without knowing how it came to this conclusion Mm -hmm. right um that's not the same thing right and it's not the same thing as ai and stuff but it's automation where again do you just trust it is that it you know or do you give it some thought so i'm a little skeptical mm -hmm. so i'm thinking of a scenario right now so i run i have a service that i use to scan computers mm -hmm. and when i scan the computers i'm looking for security holes and I'm scanning them as the user is logged in. So I'm trying to emulate a cybersecurity attack. So on your computer, I want to do everything that you could do if somebody compromised your computer. That's my exercise. Mm -hmm. So I'm pulling back all of your passwords. If it's in, if it's in Chrome and you've got your browser open, then I can get it. It shows me the patch state of your computer. It shows me, um, uh, based on your email, your dark web search, you know, is you are, how many credentials for this account are in the dark web? How mm -hmm. many times is this password being reused based on your password history that I just pulled from your Chrome? And I've got all these things about the user and I'm trying to determine their penetration, you know, their, how much surface space somebody could get. Well, you can imagine the amount of pages of data I get for one user. What happens when I have 75 users or 175 users mm -hmm. who is reading the summary and determining what actions need to be taken? Yep. I you am. Could... Right. <laughs> GPT could also probably help you. So help me prioritize all these things. Yeah. For example. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, you got to give it, you got to give it some thought, right. Don't just mm -hmm. walk away and take everything it says, but absolutely. It can, you know, give you a summary of best practices. Now the thought, the warning in again, of the caveat emptor moment here is you've got to remember that, you know, garbage in garbage out. Mm -hmm. It is taking a sample size of a lot of different stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. But again, so far in my experience, it's been erring on the side of good, mm -hmm. right? You know, it hasn't, the, the, there are definitely times when it, the, the new term, I guess, is, is it hallucinates, <laughs> you know, where it gives back wrong data or it's just like forgets what it's talking about and, you know, goes off on a tangent and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but in general for straightforward, you know, direct queries and things like that, that's pretty good. Um, I asked it, um, I asked it to write a um uh an April Fool's joke mm -hmm. for for my uh, for for my team. And it was pretty hilarious because I told them essentially how um the to the uh to the uh, security department, we're done. Mm -hmm. We're thrilled to announce that our security program has been completed. 
That's right. We've successfully mitigated and addressed all security threats. So all security functions have now concluded. Time to sit back, relax, and enjoy a job well done. <laughs> you may be wondering how we managed to eliminate all those pesky security threats like phishing, DDoS attacks, and malware infections. Well, let us tell you, it wasn't easy, but we did it. First, we tackled phishing threats. We set up a training program and included an online game called Spot the Fish to help users identify and avoid phishing emails. The top performers won a prize, a can of sardines. We figured if they could spot a fake email, they could spot a fake fish. Next, we dealt with DDoS attacks. We decided to fight fire with fire and created our own DDoS attack on our own servers. We managed to crash our own systems multiple times until we figured out how to prevent it from happening. It wasn't pretty, but it was effective, <laughs> which is actually not funny. That's called penetration testing and chaos engineering. You should be doing stress testing, it's not... <laughs> but it sounds funny. Finally, we tackled malware infections. This is where it gets good. We discovered the best way to prevent infections was to stop users from clicking on suspicious links or downloading sketchy files. So we developed a browser extension that replaced every download button with a don't download button. It was simple, <laughs> but effective. <laughs> don't download button. <laughs> The don't download button, right? And the don't click this link, you know, text, right? Uh -huh. That should that would be great. Like just inline JavaScript and HTML editing. So anytime you find the words click here or something like that, it says it changes it to don't click here. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> nice. So anyway, that's just an example, you know, and again, I could do better, right? But that's mm -hmm. a great start. That is yeah. a colossal start. And like, oh, now I know what to do. Now I know mm -hmm. where I'm going. My April Fool's jokes. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, uh, so, oh, one way where it is terrible. Oh, um, good things. Mixed drink recipes. Easily. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I was, uh, my girlfriend said, you know, like, uh, what's the recipe? She wanted a sidecar. So she mixed me. It's like, I said, I'm heading to the store. Do we need anything? And she's like, sidecar, please. And I'm like, okay, so I can go to Google. I could search for it. I could find a place. I could go to yumly.com. I could be told I'm not a subscriber to yumly.com. I could go back, search for it again, because I searched in iOS and that doesn't save the history. So it's not in my Google history. Search for it again, find it, exclude yumly.com, go down to allrecipes.com, scroll down through 15 pages of context just to find the the um the ingredients and then go by the ingredients or i say gpt what's the recipe for a drink known as a sidecar and it tells me cognac lick uh orange liqueur like triple sec lemon juice sugar and a lemon twist mm -hmm. good done <laughs> that's all that's what i needed to know and it's faster than you know strolling through surfed results and stuff mm -hmm. so, now to its credit uh a word the lady in the tube could probably do something similar mm-hmm Alexa, give me a recipe for the drink known as a sidecar. Find some sidecar recipes. Okay, for sidecar. I recommend sidecar. Sidecar. Five minutes to minute. What would you Send it to my phone. There you go. So a word can do that task as well, right? <laughs> so here, here's an interesting, you know, well. I, I want to slightly shift gears, but I don't want to, unless there was anything else you want, but it's, it's still so. So I have Microsoft's clarity for my websites. Okay. So it's looking for um, like heat maps of where people click on my website. So okay. a user goes to my website, they click, 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 click. It records that. So we know what they're clicking. It's looking for problems. It's looking where, you know, if a user clicked a link and it didn't go anywhere or a user gets mad, you know, they call them rage clicks where they, they click it a bunch of times because it's not doing what they want to do. So I watched uh, one of my clarity videos and it was a longer video. It was like a, a minute and 20 some odd seconds. And a user, and I say user with quotes around it, clicked the mouse moved around pretty slowly looking for links and then did not click on the links. So mm -hmm. it appeared to be somebody went to my website, 
assumingly from a pay-per-click engine, visited my website for a minute and a half, looking at a couple of pages, but then clicking on, on words that were not a link, clearly not a link, like they're black, they're not hyperlinked and whatever. But now I've been charged because it was a valid, as far as the, the pay-per-click engine is concerned, it was mm -hmm. a valid redirect and the user spent a minute and a half looking on my web page. So they must charge me for that click. Is that AI or is that a uh, unskilled laborer being paid to waste pay-per-click? Like I said, you know, AI and, and GPT is at least as skilled as a junior level. Well, it could detect, I mean, well, it could detect if the mouse is over top of a hyperlink. I mean, it could. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's JavaScript. Yeah. 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 On mouse over. Because one of the things that it is looking for, Clarity is looking for are JavaScript errors. And there are JavaScript errors. So yeah. it could be clicking and there's nothing there. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> okay. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if, you know, AI, AI can't, you know, do we have AI wars now where AI can detect AI being used? I would say that's probably, <laughs> that's probably a, le you know, a legit, uh, a legit uh, use case, right? Because, well, you know, think about it again, is that AI? I don't know. But Google and reCAPTCHA has been taking into account things like how you use the mouse and where you click and how you hover and stuff like that to determine whether or not you get prompted with, tell me all the pictures, you know, click all the images that are school buses. Mm -hmm. Right. So they've been doing that for years now. So it sounds to me like the same technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've got, I've got about four or five minutes left. If there's anything you want to cover. I'm good. I mean, I, I thought this, if if uh, if our users are listening or interested in uh, Chat GPT and AI, this is the episode for them. <laughs> this is the episode for them. <laughs> oh boy! Well, if you want to find us, Adam, how can how can you do so, dear listener? How can they find us? Well, supposedly they've already found us if they're listening to us. But I always think about that too. You know, that's like. <laughs> That's like walking up to people in France and asking "Parlez-vous français?" or "Parlez-vous anglais?" No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, "Do you speak English?" <laughs> yeah, true. But they could learn more about us if they didn't get enough of us in our podcast. They can find us at well, they can find you, Peter Nicolaitis, specifically at Paradigm Consulting Company LLC, ParadigmCC.com, YogaWithPeter.com, FriendsWithBrews.com. And on the Mastodon, Nick at Nicolaitis at infosec.exchange. They can find me at Sublime Computer Services, sublimecomp.com, and the growing lavender farm, rrlavenderfarm.com, and on the twit at Sublime Comp. On the twit. On the twit. On the twit. <laughs> Don't say that incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. All right. Cool. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. All right. I think it's time for read.ai to hit that big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us. 